What's up with the handwriting thing? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Is it really that difficult to be a doctor in Singapore? This is your daily catch-up. This episode is brought to you by Health Promotion Board Singapore. I think some of us are guilty about not following our doctor's advice when given a course of antibiotics. But okay. we don't fully understand the consequences of misusing antibiotics. Spoiler alert! It's bad. Oh no. Anyway, so today we have Dr. Lee here with us. Dr. Lee is an infectious disease specialist and he is the head of the Antimicrobial Resistance Coordinating Office at the National Center for Infectious Diseases. Ooh, wow. Actually, wow. Look at you. Yes, like a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Is your mother proud of you? <laughs> yeah. So what Doctor is here to share about what it takes to become a doctor in Singapore and what it's actually like being a doctor in Singapore. And of course, how to use antibiotics appropriately and the consequences of not. So thank you okay. Dr. Lee for being here. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. You can see whether your mother is proud of you first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom is proud of me. Does she you think she understands your job? Like beyond beyond oh. my son is a doctor? Like your other hit of microbial micro hit of microbial. Well, I don't think she really understands that part of the job. Um because right. neither do I though. <laughs> <laughs> then mind you understand after yeah, this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you want to be a doctor yourself or did like your family kind of your parents be like, you know, be a doctor? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't face any uh, parental pressure to be a doctor. Um, relate. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I, I decided to be a doctor by uh, elimination. Like, I know what I don't want to do. Okay. And then it narrowed down to either being a teacher or a doctor. Very noble, noble job. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. And I then suppose it's more of a safe kind of uh, jobs. You know, I eliminated doctor jobs. from my job. I honestly <laughs> feel like you want a big doctor is not a very safe job. The point of dropout is... Is, is, there's so many touch points where you give up because the studies are so long or it's so high and so tough or you fail you know what I mean mm. and then you spend 3-4 years there and then you're just like is that true though like is the dropout rate high like from medical school oh not really um, in my school it was 5 years um, the dropout rate was really low I right. think along the way maybe one or two classmates drop out along the way but mm. did, did Grace Anatomy affect <laughs> affect your decision at all? No, I think I was before the era of Grey's Anatomy, oh, wow. unfortunately. Oh, wow. Was it my, ER? ER? My, my era was more Chicago Hope and Chicago ER. Hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> George Clooney as a doctor. Yes, that's right. Right, 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 right. Okay, so I have like a Reddit thread here, right, that I found that talks about how being a doctor is no longer glamorous. So some examples that they listed is after years of study, you are constantly going through like such a cutthroat, like competitive environment that's very, very stressful. There's long hours and doctors are often unappreciated. I mean, the fourth one, I'm not sure because we got clapped for you all, right? Mm. So, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I put my hand out the window. <laughs> I even cheer. Like, I risk my watch dropping on the floor. <laughs> what do you think about like what this poster is saying on this thread? Like, is that the reality in Singapore? Yeah, I don't think um, being a doctor is a glamorous job. At least not in the last, I, I suppose, two decades where I'm practicing. Decades? Uh, I've been working as a doctor for 17 years. Wow, so you can the count the, <laughs> do the math backwards. No, you need to add the five years of medical school and then. The <laughs> yeah, I say. So you're like. 35? 41. Oh. Well done, Yeah, I don't think it has been really a glamorous job in the first place. Our lives are not as interesting or you know exciting or glamorous as what y'all don't sleep around in the, the no, overnight no, rooms and stuff right? so, <laughs> so great I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy <laughs> he loves Grey's Anatomy no so so we, well we, we don't call each other McDreamy and McSteamy and yeah. so on you see <laughs> maybe it's um, a bad batch okay carry on <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not as glamorous. I mean, it, it will make for boring TV, which is right. why, you know, they had to jazz it up on for TV. Um, we do have long hours. We do have lots of responsibilities. So then what would you say is like the best and worst part of being a doctor? Um, people, patients uh, from all walks of life, um, from different strata of society. And I think um, what... But like, for example, grab drivers again. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true. So tell me what you really like. <laughs> no, but the difference is that when we see our patients, they are actually at their most vulnerable when they are ill, right, right, when right. they are sick. And at the same time, it's also the time where you're, you see them when they are the most resilient. You know, so it is right. really a big contrast. Interesting. Like every day you see the challenge of the human spirit. Uh. That's right. So, so for, for me, as, as I help them, I'm also learning from them. Human mm. spirit. The human condition. That's actually quite interesting because, like, everyone, like, especially in a capitalist society, like, everyone obviously has different, like, wealth or, like, different status or whatever. But when you get sick, we're all the same. That's right. We're all mm. equal. He never said the worst part yet. But oh, yeah, yeah, worst part. Oh, yeah, sorry. the worst part of being a doctor. I suppose it's probably the long hours, getting misunderstood um, in terms of our intention right. uh, to our patients as well as their family members. Um, so I think communication is the key. So, speaking of communication, right? Like, what's up with the handwriting thing? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, paracetamol is like just P and one line. Like one horizontal line. That's their code. Yeah. Uh, I may be a bit guilty of that, I must say. <laughs> well, not that bad, you okay. know. I, I think uh, it is still decipherable. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a fact that people are always rushing. Doctors are always rushing for time. But all hospitals have now gone electronic. So there's no more... Oh, like, uh, thank goodness. How does medical school actually like prepare you for what you will see? Mm. You know, like yeah. from textbooks and then maybe some plastic rubber dummies. I don't know. Yeah. To the first time you handed the scalpel and just to make the first cut. It feels like a sock. <laughs> but with consent. Like, yo, I'm allowed, I'm allowed, you know? I think medical school uh, during my time prepared us for um, half of the things that uh, we do as a doctor. Yeah. Um, so the theoretical part, you know, some of the practical aspects. Yes, we are quite tr uh, we are well trained in that. Right. Um, but I think the more difficult part is the art part of being a doctor, mm. practicing medicine. Um, mm, I think mm. that is something that can't be really easily taught in medical school. Although there's now, you know, uh, in this uh, era, more emphasis on that. Challenging or difficult situations, breaking right. bad news okay. to So to they patients. also have sandwich method for the bad news? <laughs> yeah. um, well, similar. Well, there's a technique to it. Interesting. Yeah. Try it, try it. Oh, like I have a very bad pimple on my back. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or bad mole, is but it? I will yeah. look like this forever. Oh, oh my god, oh don't no. say that. <laughs> hey, have hope, man. Yeah, plastic He's surgery. <laughs> 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 I saw it too. <laughs> Start cranking. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. the family member. Yeah, mole, oh, okay. mole, yeah. Okay. okay. So um, JP, you are here um, because you have a mole. You have been seeing me uh, for a few weeks. Visits now. But off the bat, I know I'm gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same as when I type the thing in the Google. <laughs> no, well, you have to set the stage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, 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 correct. And laughing. You cannot give them false hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I don't have very good news for you. Okay. Or maybe I did the wrong example. It's going to be like Gordon Ramsay is like unfortunate, but actually it's good news. Why do you say bad news? No, I mean, the long, the full version of it is that I need to make sure that you have 
who you need in the room with you, you know, right? right okay. Yeah, and make sure yeah you are settled down and telling you that uh, I don't have very good news for you, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, because you know we are not supposed to beat a beat, a beat around the bush. It's true, it's true. Mm. Okay, right. similar to finding someone, you should just be upfront about it. Yeah, but I also heard that it's very important to bring a loved one because when you are hearing bad news about yourself, you your mind sometimes just wanders. Like you start thinking about oh no like I'm gonna die or whatever and you should have someone by your side to listen to all the details about what you need to know is that true? Um, it depends. It depends on the patient's preference. Some patients prefer to do it okay. themselves, um, mm. and we respect the patients uh, for whatever that they decide to do, yeah. they choose to do. Um, I mean, different people function quite yeah. differently, and they have their own preferences. So maybe you can share a bit, right? Because you are infectious disease specialist. What exactly does working in this field entail? Right. So essentially, we see patients with infectious diseases. Uh, my colleagues uh, from other specialty can treat various types of infections, but the more complicated ones, you know, the more serious ones right. sometimes they refer to us to uh, you know advise them and guide them along mm. in their management so like other doctors we do our ward rounds we see our patients who are hospitalized in the wards we also run clinics but of course these are will be the more specialized ones in terms of uh, these patients having more severe or complicated infections so you need to like extract sample then go see under microscope then we will routinely do swaps wound swaps or swaps from you know right. a, a pass and yeah. then we send them to the lab. Then the the reading of the, the samples are done by our microbiologists right, right, uh, right. in the laboratory. Oh. Yeah. So is it like the what is like everybody is like got the plastic sheet covering then you need to wear the hazmat suit then? Does <laughs> <laughs> a day in your life look stuff? like you show up to work, you take out your jacket and then you wear a hazmat suit? Well, no, usually not that dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, on TV, is everything is you know more yeah, dramatic. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it depends on what kind of infection the patient has. So if it's, if the patient has got a wound infection, uh, then we may not necessarily need to wear an N95 mask and, right. and that hazmat suit. Right. What uh, warrants a hazmat suit? Pathogens or those uh, bacteria or viruses that can cause very serious infections and also those that are very transmissible. So I would think that if there's a case of Ebola, right. or Harvard viruses, then we will have to wear have those Have we treated types. Ebola here? No, we, we have uh, right. thankfully no yeah, Ebola yeah, cases yeah. in well, Singapore. Well, he would know. Like, literally, I was like, how yeah. would he know? Like, yeah, he would know. <laughs> yeah. He's the head. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be so sian. If I cannot like, hear itchy, right, then the next moment, right, a guy with a hazmat suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 then, he, then he does a spill. So you come See me about more. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 I have not. <laughs> so, cause I like especially during maybe like the COVID period, right? I interviewed like a nurse that was sharing about how complicated the procedures was because she was working in an infectious disease ward. So it's like she need to go through like three rooms to like change gown or whatever in order to get out of the hospital. Is it actually like that? Yeah. So when COVID uh, nineteen first struck there were a lot of unknowns about the viruses, yeah. about the virus. So how it transmits, um, how it infects other people. So we were wearing N85 masks, we were wearing a hairnet to keep our hair in, um, wearing a gown, gloves. Um, but as we know more about the, the disease, then some of these things could be stood down. But yes, in the in initial part, once we before we enter a patient room, we gown up, we wear gloves, and then before we leave the patient room, we then have to dispose of these before moving on to the next patient uh, in the, another room and then wow. we go through the same process again. Oh. And of course, then in between, we have to you know wash our hands or use alcohol on our hands. Uh, multiple We're scared, times. right, actually. Like, like you... 
do you you cannot be like hundred percent fully trust the integrity of the suit or that the way you wore the suit, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I mean I do have quite a bit of confidence in, right. in those protective gear <laughs> nice. because um this is what is recommended by our hospital infection right. uh, prevention and control team, right, right, okay. and uh, it, it has really served us very well. How, Wait, how do you wear the suit yourself, or is it like you know the TV they got the the doctor goes in like that right, then the nurse will. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so for COVID <laughs> cases, uh, we wear our the the gowns ourselves, um, because. In, in those situations you see it's probably because they have to be sterile yeah that's a jigger yeah, yeah that's right yeah but uh, when we go in we don't have to be they're just protecting themselves yeah, that's right it doesn't mm. have to be sterile is there an ideal format to explain to a doctor what's happening with you when we get history from patients we tend to like it in a two types of format oh, and nice. then you tell me what's your main complaint now like cough I'm having a cough right and then tell us in the chronology uh, started two weeks ago when I was doing this and over the past two weeks it has gotten worse and worse and so on you know and then oh, right. along the way one week ago I started to have fever mm. so best in chronology right, that works right, for us right. okay right. say for example right so this like I think about this also when I need tech support or whatever right? I got multiple problems mm. but I don't want to confuse the doctor because I do have a main complaint <laughs> then I got secondary complaint <laughs> then there's that more on your neck right? yeah yeah so I feel like I, I go in with like say I broke my arm right but I also have a really bad cough ah. and I'm <laughs> right so then I go in, I talk about my broken eye, and after everything finished, as I leave, I realize, oh, I got that bad cough. Should I have spoken about both things? Yeah. Do you have saved money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one consult, consultation. One consult. That's yeah. right. And also, I mean, it saves time as well, right? Right, right. Yeah, so, so what you could do is that you can tell the doctor upfront, actually, I have three things I want to tell you about. Right. Right. Okay. I think that will help. And also, that, that will help the doctors in planning the time, um, you know, right. how much time to allocate for okay. your... Or consult. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I have a like stupid question, right? So like you know every time you want to go inside the doctor room, you're supposed to like knock knock knock, then after you go in, right? Does that mm. actually affect the doctor? <laughs> you <laughs> don't know the doctor's it's just door. Polite, right? Yeah, yeah, I always knock. Yeah, I suppose it's yeah. just polite to tell them that there's something someone coming in. But it's not like they're shocked and then they're like hiding. Oh like, no, I mean they, 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 <laughs> they, <laughs> they press the <laughs> they did press the button to get your number displayed, right? So I think they're expecting you to come yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Random yeah. question. I like to always um, as a term of endearment, right? Say hi doc instead of saying hi doctor, do doctors like You're that? You act cool, yeah. Oh, no, no, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you be like, hi doc. In the know, you know, like the, oh, this guy calls us doc while well, he knows the lingo. What but lingo? He's going to turn the He's the more underground one. It's like the chur, but then turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. And then the other thing about what you mentioned, what you asked earlier about three, you know, different conditions, you may think that these are three separate things. Unrelated, but actually it might be the same thing. It could be the, it could triangulate Cough the same related thing. related right. to my broken head. Like your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Your mouth causes you to have vision blur. Don't break your hand. You never know. Is there something that shocked you after you came out of like medical school and then you finally like you enter the actual like field right and industry was there uh. something that surprised you oh so for infectious diseases we don't do a lot of um, procedures we, mm. so we don't really do we don't do surgeries right, right. but um, in medical school you have to play that right well we do have to do some simple ones uh, uh, when we are training uh, as a junior doctor Mm. So, so have, you, have you cut someone out before? La? Yeah, I mean the simple ones. <laughs> what was that like? Uh? What was that like? Can you, like, ones, can you give me like a, a, a rundown of the, the emotions and the thoughts? Wait, well, it's a real person? Mm. Eh? I mean, it is a real it's person, a but I'm not doctor, really cutting oh. up the person, right? The ah. person already has a splinter in the hand that right. requires me to remove it. Oh. So I just inject some local anesthesia, enlarge the uh, incision a bit, and then just pull it out. So those are the simple things. Right. Yeah, so I've, I've done it. like jelly or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm quite okay with those. Yeah, you know, and releasing those uh, under the nail kind of blood. Uh, blood. Oh yeah, that's pretty shit, man. 
But oh, yeah. those are very satisfying. For <laughs> you, because because the pain gets better Im- almost immediately. Right, 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 oh. right, right, right. Yeah, so the patients right, right. like, wow, okay, their face really changed. Yeah, yeah. Wow. interesting. Yeah. The ROI when, when, you, when you're doing it, so you're like. <laughs> yeah, so so if they're a lot under a lot of pressure, it actually squirts out with a. Uh, you can yeah, hear yeah. it. Sound wrong. What's like the most complicated case you had to crack? Wow, um, maybe you realize that you made for a hit off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just recall a case uh, in terms of a patient with a very resistant uh, bacterial infection. And he had a previous surgery done a few years ago. And this time around, um, the same site got infected. And uh, we found that it was around his uh, aorta, which is the main blood vessel in the body. The, the clot has moved off into the leg, right. causing oh. blockage of the artery in the leg. You see how I follow? She was great next to me. And all this started from an infectious, like an infection. Yeah, effect, infection around the, the aorta. Oh the, my goodness. Yeah. And, and, you know, unfortunately for him, this happened to be caused by a very resistant uh, strain of E. coli. Right. E. coli like in Yakob. <laughs> Yakob is not E. coli, it's oh, uh, another... Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I just have one more like, what are you talking about? Yeah. 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 It's a bacteria that's in Yakko. But go on, call you, go on, call you. Yeah. 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 They will show the picture. Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's the LKC Shiro Pass strain. Oh. What I remember from the Everton uh, commercial. Oh. <laughs> 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 Terrible plug. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. sorry, you were saying. Yeah, so so we, we had to think of um you know what antibiotics we could give him to treat his condition and um unfortunately it is resistant to your first line, second line antibiotics. And you said first tier and second tier first line. Oh first line, second line, what is that? And how many lines are there? Well, um, usually when we treat an infection, we will go for an antibiotic that is proven to be most effective and also the safest, mm. right, in terms of side effects. So these are the ones that we say first line, second line antibiotics. So is that the most common? Like if I go to a GP right now and I have a bacterial infection, I'm most likely going to get a first line. Yes. Um, but if these don't work anymore, then we have to go for a later line antibiotics. Generally, these tends to be given through injections. Oh, uh, that's so, a deal breaker. Yeah, so, so so but you are in the bed. And you're already plugged in. Uh, yeah, give me some time. <laughs> yeah. So that these tend to be have to be given through injections. Um, there could be more side effects. Um, and also more costly. So just now you mentioned that this is because of antimicrobial resistance, is it? Can you yeah <laughs> elaborate? Yeah, yeah. Like Tell me what that is. <laughs> yeah. So I think to explain that, I would first explain what is uh, my- microbes or microorganisms. Mm. Damn. Damn. So we have to go that far yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go NT first. <laughs> we spiral. Okay. Yeah. Then. So microbes or microorganisms or germs uh, can be four major classes. You've got bacteria, viruses fungi and parasites. To, to tackle these four classes of uh, <laughs> microorganisms, then you have got the four different kinds of antimicrobial medications. Right. right. So for bacteria, you use antibacterials or antibiotics. For viruses, you'll be antivirals and then and so on. Like fungal infection, usually people kind of understand what that is, right? Yeah. But like yeah, between virus... You know it's, it's fungal in nature. <laughs> <laughs> no, but usually like the, the common cases for those things happening, right? It's like, um, it's, it's not like you feel sick and whatnot, you know? It's, it's like a certain kind of rash or a certain kind of rotting and whatnot. Those yeah. are like the common kinds of stuff you see. So you never really... So when the guy tells you, oh, you got, you got a fungal infection, it's like... Uh, okay, uh, you know, but when you have a viral infection or a bacterial infection, you just feel sick. 
Mm. Yeah, you feel like maybe a fever or just like body ache and whatnot, right? So like, what is the key? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Lee giving yeah. you charts. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> okay, you carried on for thirty seconds straight. Yeah, that's going not bad. I give you a. So to start off, maybe I'll just correct some misconceptions okay, about okay. fungal mm. infections. Yeah. Okay, mm. so the mo- the fungal infections that we know of are you know um um on on our skin, right? Mm. So can see one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's right so far. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 you got a rash. You know, it come. Uh, Athlete's food, for example, these mm. are fungal infections. But fungal infections can also go into the blood. Right. Oh. Like it can go into other organ systems like the heart, the eyes, and so on. Right. And the generally, eyes. yeah. So generally, this happens in patients who are already very sick in the first place. And so um, this this fun, fungus uh, fungi take the opportunity. When I can't, the I can't immune fungi system. yet. <laughs> yeah. I need some time to get get past this. <laughs> Wait, this is in the air, one. Ah. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask how to how like do I come. Is it like you inhale or encounter their pores? Is it like this? Yeah, so, so we actually do c- carry quite a bit of, uh, you know, fungi in our body, oh. uh, in our gut, in our <laughs> mouth. Okay. Yeah, so so when a person's immune system is weak, it can enter into our bloodstream, right. causing oh. diseases. Of course, then you have other sorts of uh, fungi that's in the air that we can inhale. Um, but most of us, because we're healthy, good immune yep. system, nothing happens to us. Right. Mm. Yeah, but there are people with poor immune system um, that, you know, they are susceptible to these infections. Right. right. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then back to difference between bacteria and viruses. Yeah. Right? Wow, this yeah, one yeah, is yeah. my first. <laughs> I, because I googled this like three times, then I, I always think I get it, I move on. Then like Wait, tomorrow you ask me, I don't know. Eh. I'm traumatized by the image of the lambda fish. <laughs> Wait, you know the answer? Yeah, I, I learned it in school. Oh, then you, you try? Want to try? Oh, you want to try? Yes. Ah, the one? You try, you traumatize, right? Yes, yeah. Now my next episode of Psychologist will fix your trauma. So what's the difference between antimicrobial and antibiotic resistance? Um, You know, antimicrobial resistance means that there's ability of these microorganisms to be, to, to withstand the effect effects of the antimicrobial drugs. Yeah. So for example, if it's a uh, antibiotic resistance means that the bacteria are resistant to the antibiotics or antibacterial no that effect. is yeah, right. no effects. So if we don't uh, finish the course of antibiotics as told by your doctor, then there's a chance that your infection is not fully treated. Bacteria that survive during the first round of antibiotic uh, course then may repopulate and then these are the resistant ones. Right. So that makes treatment more difficult. In okay, now we put a, a visual yeah. here so mm-hmm. people like Denise can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's because I was googling the definition of bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but the bacteria thing, right, is like bacteria were among the first life forms to appear on Earth. Right? Like this. Because like the sing- mitochondria single cellular <laughs> organism. Yeah, it's simple organisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I got a question. So, uh-huh. right, there was once where I, w- I had to take like antibiotics, right? Then I clear all the thing already. Then a few months later, I go and see the packet because I want to throw away, right? Then got one more left. <gasps> if I if I whack that one, right, is it okay? <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> then you just leave it alone, you know. It has been months <laughs> since you've been... The you, last one. No, no, it's, it's okay. Just leave it. Okay, you know, just your ex. He has been months away, so, you know... Your yeah, ex is a principal. Yeah, so I don't need to finish that last <laughs> one. Extend the joke. No, it's been a man, uh, months away, so, yeah. You, Too late already. Yeah, just dis- discard it. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been very curious, like... <laughs> Yeah, la, they, I scared. <laughs> I always been very curious, like how do doctors decide what is the cause? Because sometimes, right, like ah. you open the box and then there's actually ten, but then they say they will cut off one and say, okay, your cause is eight. 
Mm. And then like, you know, like how, how do you determine what the cost should be? Yeah. So the, the, the duration of the cost of the antibiotics, we know through studies what is the uh, most effective uh, duration. So you could, typically it could be five days, seven days, three days and so on. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's based on prior medical studies. Understood. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh. I, I've heard this because of, of how our body is building resistance as... As in, you kind of affect the human population if you yourself uh, don't complete your course of antibiotics because like, it requires people to then create more and more and stronger and stronger, right? To the point that we might run out of new antibiotics that we can create. Does that make sense? Well, <laughs> I feel like I read that somewhere. Unfortunately, the, the development process is quite complicated, quite complex. Right. Um, for companies to market antibiotic, they have to go through rounds of research and mm. you know uh, trials to make sure that these work and are safe. And antibiotics are a bit different from other mm. medications. For example, uh, anti-high blood pressure drugs or anti-cholesterol drugs. Those medications you actually take for months or years. Whereas antibiotics, typically you take for a few days and you stop it. The profit margin. The promise safe. of revenue, long-term revenue is like. Yeah, so it uh, is not conducive for drug companies, you know, to produce antibiotics in that way. Yeah, so you are quite right in saying that bacteria are very good evolution, right? They have been around mm. for much longer than, than humans or other animals. Mm. And, you know, part of evolution, they reproduce very quickly. They can get resistant genes. They develop resistance very quickly. And so that outpaces the development of new antibiotics. Right. When we take antibiotics wrongly, means yeah. uh, we don't finish our course of antibiotics as told by the doctor. Uh, or if we uh, share antibiotics with other people or we keep leftover antibiotics for future use, these are not good practices. And if I have resistant bacteria, I can also spread it to other people. Mm. Um, so these are the complications of uh, antimicrobial resistance. So are we? how serious of a problem is this in Singapore like right now? So we're actually seeing the effects of antibiotic resistance currently. It, it is not so much in the future. We're seeing right now in our patients so, so it's not just a danger to myself, it's also danger to people close to me right. if I spread the resistant bacteria to other people. Uh, so I think you briefly touched upon it, but what exactly are the types of misuse of antibiotics? Well, yeah, you are, uh, there are different types of misuse. So an uh, example could be that of um, you know, adjusting your own dosing of the medication of the antibiotic. <laughs> like not listening to your doctor, like how many you should take. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, So you, you can't take all at one go, neither should you reduce your own dosage. Um, yeah, so <laughs> then the other type of misuse will be keeping antibiotics for future use right. and also sharing your antibiotic with others because then the other person may not even have a bacterial infection in the first place, right. may not even need antibiotics. And keeping right. means I have extra. Like, shouldn't, we shouldn't yeah, be. Like exactly. hoarding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I do have a couple of depths of antibiotics. <laughs> I come have, I never ever finish my antibiotics, just saying. So don't oh, listen yeah, to the knee. Yeah. So like know that this is a threat to human. Humanity, eh? Yeah, no, so yeah. next time I fall it, sick, then I know. It's not just a you problem now. Apparently, you can't drink, right, when you are on antibiotics. So sometimes, uh, it depends on the type of antibiotics. Right. Uh, you may get more pronounced side effects when you drink alcohol. So which one can drink? <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink, I don't drink. I just we also drink. list down for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, but are there actually times where I don't need to finish my course? That will be in uh, uh, settings where the doctors have done tests and uh, monitor you over a few days and then to tell you that actually you don't have a bacterial infection but because oh. you were sick in the first place we had to give you antibiotics just in, just, case. Yeah. Just in case because right. you were oh. so sick 
So like, it's not the my house downstairs the clinic lah. As it's I'm admitted to hospital, then the doctor is trying to figure out what I have. Generally, that's the case, yeah. So then, how do we prevent this? Uh, the antibiotic resistance. Uh? Okay, so always listen to your doctor. If the te- doctor tells you n- not to take antibiotics, you don't need antibiotics, then don't demand antibiotics. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so strange. Demand antibiotics. Yeah, because there was that whole campaign that we saw, I think like two, three years ago, where it's like, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. virus, don't ask for antibiotics because people just keep thinking antibiotics is going to fix a cough. That's right. Yeah, so most of the time, coughs and colds, uh, runny nose is not due to bacterial infection, it's due to viral infections and antibiotics do not work against viruses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're thinking, antiviral. Yes, yeah. that's right. But yeah. the thing is that antivirals don't seem like a very common thing that like a GP would give. Is mm. there a reason for that? Is it expensive or hard to find? Or? Yeah, so there are not that many antivirals that is being okay. um, um, produced uh, or, or designed uh, for various types of viral infections. Right. So um, that, that's the main reason uh, why antivirals are not commonly given or that you may not encounter them in the yep. first place. Okay. And by and large, most cough and colds um, are self-limiting illness. That means mm. if you don't do anything about it, um, they, most patients get better on their own. Anyway. Why? Uh? Why is that so? Uh? It just runs its own course. Because they're strong. Yeah. Oh. The, your immune system takes over and then right, fights right, right. off the, the viral infection. Is it true that the cold weather gives me a flu? Well, um, <laughs> the cold weather, so it depends on what you mean by flu. So it could be oh. runny nose, you know, yeah. uh, sneezing. And it could be because when you are in a cold environment, you tend to spend more time indoors, right? And so it could be the house allergens, uh, allergic oh, wow. compounds so that you. Yeah. Ah. And then the other aspect is that you do tend to catch a cold or a viral infections uh, in the cold weather. Also because people tend to then congregate in a warm environment, in a room. Uh, people Together, tend to spend more time indoor right. and close contact with each other. Conducive. Yeah, that makes so exactly. much sense. Yeah. I must tell this to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> then, right, so I have another like medical misconception that I found here, which says, right, the color of your mucus can determine the type of infection that you have. Ah, uh, okay. So that is a really a good question. A, Thank a, you. Yeah, which you found. But there's actually not much correlation between oh, whether you have a a, a clear mucus no. or yellow mucus. No, but or it's like mucus. clear mucus means I'm not sick yet, ma, right? Well, it, yeah. It, well, <laughs> clear mucus could mean the very, very early periods of a viral infection. So the color of the mucus or the sputum, the phlegm doesn't tell. Sputum. sputum. Shit. Oh, Does that mean phlegm? Oh, phlegm, yes. Uh, <gasps> we that definition no of more phlegm for me. Yeah. Sputum. Because I spew it out. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the spelling completely different. And Tom, Tom, explain Tom. <laughs> the sound it makes when you spew it out. <laughs> yeah, so there's not much correlation between that. Uh, to tell whether it's a viral infection or a bacterial infection. Right. So both bacterial viral can be yellow green. It could be it, red. It, and, and in different stages of the of the of the illness. Wow. Yeah. If it were only so yes. easy to tell, then we could, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the doctor asks you what's the colour of your phlegm is they're looking at what? Severity, yeah. Just what? small talk. <laughs> what's your favorite colour? <laughs> Um, personally, I well, we we do ask it because there are some conditions, especially those with uh, chronic lung conditions, right. where increase in the yellow or green type of uh, phlegm more likely indicates a bacterial infection. Right. Yeah. Right. So that is uh, in a subset of patients. More likely. More yeah. likely. Mm. Yeah. It's a subset. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's right. Maybe let's not add this part. It's like bad for humanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Once again, thank you to Health Promotion Board and the National Centre for Infectious Diseases for being our partners in today's episode. And thank you, Dr. Lee, for joining us today. Mm. I think like all of us now have a better understanding <laughs> of what we should and should not do with antibiotics. Mm, There's better. more information down in the link in our description box. But make sure if you're unsure about anything, ask your doctor. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, antifungals. That change it from fun guy to fun girl, huh? <laughs> I've never oh, noticed yeah, that. Fun girl. Oh, shit. You cannot say fun guy anymore. It's like it breaks a, it breaks so many <laughs> jokes. <laughs> eh. <laughs>